Hello, I'm Scott Sasha. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast where We all, because we... you're back from vacation, staycation. I missed you guys. Thank you. What did you say? You were out back summer uh, night. Music, yeah, it had a makeshift gazebo, gazebo, rum and coke. Rum and coke. Listening to summer madness. Oh man, it was great. It's a nice thing. Your batteries look recharged. <laughs> I missed you guys though. Welcome back. Did you listen to the show? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm no, being no honest. speaker in the gazebo. I, I'm being honest. <laughs> we, man. we ask for nothing more than honesty. <laughs> uh, I got a lot of topics to talk about. Uh, let's start. Oh, we had a big old trade that took place between the Los Angeles Lakers and now Mr. the Unibrow is heading to the Lakers. Yes. I mean, one year of suffering for the Lakers. LeBron missed the playoff for the first time. All of a sudden, <laughs> the Lakers and star power with more money to spend, by the way. So who's it going to be that joins LeBron and Anthony Davis in L.A.? But they... In a blink of an eye, are the Evan the betting favorite to win the championship? In, according to some bookmakers, yeah, certainly. What what a wild you know two weeks in terms of betting on the future NBA champions, right? Everything that's going on with the Warriors the last couple you know last week in terms of injuries, and now suddenly you know you pair Anthony Davis with LeBron James, and probably you know a couple more pieces coming. Um, yeah, the, the Lakers certainly feel like a favorite. Now we should add that in that trade, Lonzo Ball was shipped. So, and I always wonder what LeVar Ball was thinking because he was talking about it. He didn't really want to go to New Orleans. It'll be the but, worst thing. They'll never win. Yada, yeah. what, you know, whatever. But I got to tell you now, if you're a New Orleans basketball fan. Future's bright. You have got a, even if they don't win, I mean, maybe they will. Maybe they, who cares? Like, you want to be entertained? That's going to be one entertaining team. That's sort of like the New Jersey, Boston, Herschel Walker, Minnesota draft pick <laughs> trade hall. What a what a nice job by uh, by the Pelicans and David Griffin, sort of revamping that roster. Very in a tough spot when your star player comes out and says, "I ain't gonna be here. I don't want to do it." You know, uh, that, that's tough. You you now are making it difficult. But injuries to the Warriors spurred things on. Kyrie Irving making it clear he's probably gonna head to Brooklyn. Things fell in place quickly. The Pelicans, part of that deal is is trade right swap for the 2025 NBA draft, which yeah. feels so far away right wow. now. That could be LeBron James's kid, right? Could be I mean, Bronny. Yeah. A, 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 dra- a first-round draft pick in the 2025 NBA but draft. But he'll pull an Eli Manning. He'll be like, I'm not going. Like, Rich Paul that, will represent like him, a, too. That's a Bronny's seven-year-old like, right Bronny, now, right? Bronny's like, not going be... where he doesn't want to go. <laughs> Amazing. I, that, that really, I mean, if you think about all of this, I mean, it, that it's that third component. Now, do you go? Now, do you just try to like bust up the cap so then you get medium range components, or do you go for that that big, maybe Kawhi Leonard style kind of? Are you talking about the Lakers? Yeah, you go and get the biggest best player you can. This that the point is like we're here with the business of sports. Winning's not enough in L.A. You got to win with sizzle, uh, and and Pat Riley knew that when he was in Miami. It wasn't enough to win. Remember, Shaq came in in the big 18-wheeler and then yeah. LeBron. People want to go to the beach, the club, dinner. You are competing for a lot of things in Miami. And just putting together a good team, I'm not sure the Toronto Raptors roster, as is, as good as it was, is drawing sellout crowds to American Airlines in Miami. But you bring Shaq, you bring LeBron, suddenly it's the place to be. They make it cool. That's what you need in places like L.A. and Miami. And, and, and talking more broadly, 
the Lakers being good obviously is a good thing for the NBA. Right. Yes. Get, getting one of their two premier, possibly even the premier franchise in the league back into the playoffs seems like a good thing. Yes. However, um, one caveat to that, we saw you know, there was a big ratings dip for the NBA this year. A lot of people attributed that to the fact that LeBron James, the biggest star, moved from the East Coast where he was playing at 7 p.m. on, on the East, East Coast to the West over to the West Coast where, you know, where his games, typically the home games, started much later. Um this is another shift of a of a star player from you know the Eastern Time Zone eh, all nobody, the way over to the West. Nobody's watching the Pelicans end. They weren't on national TV. Anymore. There's a chance that you know, given the injury to Kevin Durant, he may choose to stick around for another year in Oakland. Whereas there was maybe a higher likelihood he would end up on the East Coast, possibly in a Knicks jersey. I this can year. guarantee he will not stick around for another year in Oakland. Okay, because they're going to San Francisco. Let's uh, see. Thank no. you, Michael uh, Barr. Welcome, yeah. welcome back. We're, we're, we're nitpicking on a Monday morning. <laughs> Pick your nits, baby. Pick Either nits. way, I guess the point I'm trying to make. I do wonder if this in, this increased shift of talent towards the West Coast uh, is also maybe a little dangerous for the NBA. You make it seem as if the New York Knicks and Nets are not going to be resurgent franchises. Look, the the, the <laughs> who were the top two people on on the Knicks wish list? You had to assume it was Durant and and, was. and, and, and Davis number was. two, right? Of course. It was. So Davis is no longer coming, and there's an increasing chance that that Kevin Durant might not even be available this year. Uh, it certainly seems as though you know that this is not this is not the off season that everyone was thinking it might shape up right now. For, Those in that injury to Kevin Durant, man, oh, that was that, you know, that changed everything. I got to I got to bring that up right quick before we move on to the next topic because Charles Barkley and I heard this last week. I mean, he went off, you know, when Durant was hurt and he tried to come back. And now, you know, when you you tore that. Yeah, it's the, like, the, come the, on. The, this ha- uh, but I mean, come on. Bar. Listen, I love Chuck, but I've already said no story should ever be written that starts with the words Barkley says anymore. <laughs> because, frankly, this happens all the time. This kind of thing, you get your team, you get your doctor, you get your player, you get your personal doctor, you get your agent. Everybody gets together. And if one person in that group says no, one person says no, that player is not on the floor. So this happens all the time. may not be of the star magnitude of Kevin Durant and and in the the platform of the NBA championship, but these decisions and these conversations happen all the time throughout sports. They all said yes. Unfortunate it happened. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Yes. But it's not like the Golden State Warriors forced Kevin Durant to say, you better play. That's not how this happens. So... But you knew that Durant was going to play regardless. You you can't stop a player from it's like I'm going to yeah, play. No, actually, you can stop a player. No, I'm no the player is not going to stop himself. Some will look at Kawhi. Well, Kawhi yeah. didn't play at all with the with the Spurs. He said, "I'm not right. I'm not ready. Ain't going to happen." There was a lo- there was a lot of yeah. acrimony between Kawhi and the Spurs. Your doctor said something misdiagnosed. But Kawhi Leonard sure said, "I'm not playing. I'm not risking my my career." How'd that work out for him? Well, nonetheless, that's a good segue. <laughs> but you were going to I tried to go Kawhi. I've been over willing to jump in. No, I was just going to say, I feel like there's a lot of speculation going on here. We, we have no idea what those conversations were like. No, right? but you know what the conversations are. Everybody I, does have to agree or I, else I he's imagine, not playing. Yeah, I imagine Kevin Durant was not forced to, against his will, uh, no, t- take not. the court. Um, but yeah, I think that we will learn more and more about you know the decision-making in that week leading up to Kevin Durant taking the court. I look forward six. to the TikTok. <laughs> Uh, congratulations, Toronto Raptors. And, uh, it's it, parade I, day. I, yes, today's parade day. 
And uh, money, 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 money. What are we looking at? For <laughs> money, him? money, money, money. Well, I spoke to Richard Petty, who was the CEO of Maple Leaf Sports a while back. And a great racing driver. No, oh, awful, awful. I knew he was. I had a funny feeling he would do that. Diverse. Yeah, I had a funny feeling he would do that. But you know, Richard told me this. He's if you look who bought Maple Leaf Sports, and it's Bell and Rogers in Canada, two biggest communications firms in Canada, and they bought the teams for one reason: content, content, content. So if more people around the entire country are interested in the Raptors. They are looking at how do we distribute more things about this team to more people? How do we charge 99 cents a month? Whatever it is, subscription. You're looking at sponsorship money. They stagger or ladder sponsorships. Obviously, they don't all come due at the same time. That would be bad business. But the ones that are due now or coming due in the near future, you can expect to pay a lot more than you did before. Funny enough, tickets, not a lot of money coming in tickets because they've already hiked the prices and they've already sold them. So for folks who don't know, the the group that owns the Raptors also owns the Toronto Maple, Maple Leafs, Leafs and Toronto FC, the MLS team. Yes. Um goes without saying, I think that, you know, the Maple Leafs have been the dominant sports brand, not just in Toronto, but across Canada. Richard said when he was selling sponsorship, yeah. he would have to tie the Raptors to the Leafs. So if you wanted a Leaf sponsorship, <laughs> you had to buy the Raptors too. Sort of like, all right, begrudgingly, we'll no, take that Raptors. Hang out with bundle, the younger man. son. Exactly. <laughs> so now Richard said if the Raptors brand can stand on its own, that will lead to a significant boost of revenue for the basketball team. One other thing we've seen, and I imagine Richard touched on this as well, um, there are seven, eight NHL teams in Canada. There's yeah. only one basketball team it in It is Canada. the whole nation. Uh, and it did feel as though, at least when the team was good this year going through this NBA title run, um, there was a lot of support across the country uh, for the Raptors. I'd imagine from a business standpoint, being... Canada's team, yes, which not even the Maple Leafs can really say, but there are is a the, tremendous business. But the advantage. funding, there are territorial right issues too. That the end, they are restricted what they hmm. can do in some other places. So like, is that like Vancouver? Like Vancouver, where, where the right. Grizzlies used to. Did, be? did I ever tell you by the great sports business story bar? You'll love this. Just this could not happen today because of the communications technology. But there was a league meeting in Vancouver. I don't even know what year this was. Years and years and years ago, and I happened to be sitting right with David Stern and Russ Granick and their whole team. So we get off the plane in Vancouver, and we're walking to customs. And I'm maybe like a person or two behind David Stern. And the customs agent was the person who informed David Stern, the commissioner of the NBA at the time, that Michael Heisley had just disclosed that the team was leaving Vancouver. <laughs> That's amazing. They didn't. The commissioner, the deputy, the whole hierarchy of the NBA was right in front of me. And I found out with them, through a border agent, that the team was leaving the That's country. when he found out they were going to. Memphis. That's when they, yeah, and like my, Michael Heisley had decided enough, we're done here, and then you, I mean you saw the immediate huddle of the top brass of the <laughs> wow. NBA, followed by the email from the NBA saying we will have a press conference in two hours, you know, at the whatever hotel, <laughs> and like that could just it was so great because it just couldn't happen today. They'd have Wi-Fi, they'd be emailing, no, don't announce this, we're on the way. So, wow. but but a fun sports business story. That's impressive. Thank you. And, awesome. You know, and one I should add too, the Toronto Raptors, the Raptors, uh, they were founded in 1995. And I remember back then people were saying, I don't know. It's like, you know, even back then also when we went uh, also in Vancouver, it's like, I don't know. Should we want an NBA team that's going to take place in Canada? Now they're talking about not only in Toronto, maybe Mexico City as well.
Yeah, well, it certainly worked, and basketball in Canada is growing. You have lots and lots of good players coming out of Canada. So, so the Raptors, there's going to be a, a money boost, obviously, from winning the NBA title. If they could, I think they would give a lot of that money directly to Kawhi Leonard for him to stay. How important is is Kawhi deciding to stay in Toronto to kind of continuing this this business yeah, push for the Yeah, Raptors? Richard and I talked about, and again, that's Richard Petty, former CEO of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, he said, with him, they're a championship contender. Without him, they're probably a top four or five team. So, again, it's what's the staying power of what you created? What's the halo? Certainly more eyeballs, more attention are now placed on the Raptors. And if they're kids who are still going to be fans and watch on TV, and again, Bar, here we go, you don't need to be the person living in Toronto or near Toronto who's going to go to the game. It's that scalable nature of what can Bell and Rogers deliver to the iPhones and the iPads? that's how they're going to make their money. So, I mean, you know they have new fans, but what's the staying power of those fans? That'll determine how much more money they have. One other item I think worth mentioning as as we discuss kind of the comparison and the business differences between the Raptors and the Maple Leafs, the Raptors, by virtue of being in the NBA, are worth, worth, more. worth a lot more money. Right. Yeah. 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 The, the Raptors are $1.6 according to Forbes. The Maple Leafs are $1.4 I think. So even though there is you know a tremendous difference in the, in some of the business opportunities locally in Canada, uh, the Raptors are still a much more valuable asset. Yeah, you wonder, should Bell and Rogers want to sell? You wonder what the enterprise value is of MLSE? I mean, I think you're looking at $5 billion. Hmm. The entity's in, I think you're looking at about $5 billion. They're probably four on paper with that added bonus of halo and scarcity and people wanting. You're looking at a $5 billion operation. It's th- the three teams, hockey, basketball, soccer, yeah. building as building, well? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But both the soccer and the arena? Yeah. By the way, five billion easy, yeah. Toronto, uh, if you want to keep Kawhi, give him that free food and that penthouse, <laughs> and we'll be all set. And call it Toronto, not Toronto. <laughs> I'm sorry. Toronto. Toronto. Better. Okay. Now you sound like a... All right, I'll okay. get it right. Uh, Florida State privatizing athletic apartment. What? Yeah, this is uh, this happened a, a week and a half ago. We didn't talk about it, but we, we should have, so we're doing it now. Um, Florida State, like a number of, of universities have in Florida already, uh, is privatizing its athletic department. It will shield the, the, the school or the athletic department specifically from a lot of open records requests, which is how journalists like myself and Scott and, and you, Michael, how we get a lot of information uh, about you know payments to what, what a coach gets paid, what Nike pays to these um, to, to, to these schools, you know, conversations or emails between administrators when there's a scandal, things like that. This will shield Florida State from that and allow its athletic department essentially to act like a corporation. You know, so instead of being a state entity, uh, Florida State Athletics is now the Florida State University Athletics Association, a private entity that can deal with boosters in a much more shielded way. I, okay. First it's a of good all, thing nothing nefarious ever happens in Florida. No, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, nothing <laughs> ever happens. And, and second of all, I mean, come on. It's, now, look, if, if you want to shield how much somebody makes, you want to say, hey, we don't discuss business at the dinner table, okay, that's your thing. But it's like, I go back to what the original argument about the NCAA and the kids playing. Now you've privatized the AD and the, the whole department. And and it, I, I'm just wondering if there are going to be a lot of problems with this. Yeah, this kind of continues a trend yeah, that we've seen. We've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Pennsylvania schools 
technically are not under you can't you know use the freedom of uh, of information act to get information from them it was obviously a problem when when the joe paterno and, and jerry sandusky uh scandal happened at penn state uh, a couple of years ago university the georgia head coach uh kirby he essentially spearheaded a bill that was signed by the the governor that essentially allowed georgia to delay open records requests you know way longer than almost any other institution in the country it's fun to see who bends how far to make it difficult to get information like yeah. Eben, Eben knows better better than i do because he files them way more than i do but it's like some schools you have to have a local address like the, right. it, it, yeah, in a, Tennessee, you need you need to have a lo- you need to be a Tennessee resident to request information. So we need to a find Tennessee a Tennessee resident to actually put the request in. So when yeah. when that Georgia bill passed, by the way, the yeah. lieutenant governor said, uh, "I hope it wins us a national championship," yeah, they, <laughs> which yeah, is yeah, pretty yeah. much all you need <laughs> to know right, about about the motivations here. One other crazy thing about this this Florida State uh, incident, and it's not again, it's not just Florida State University. Uh, the University of Central Florida uh, has has a similar setup. I believe the University of Florida, the Gators do as well um this essentially makes the athletic department a corporation but it retains one pretty critical piece uh that private corporations do not have a, a right and that is you know they cannot be any jury judgments or settlements against florida state athletics are essentially capped right now at two hundred thousand dollars and that's a that's a thing for state or for, for state organizations so that there's no like undue burden on taxpayers right because if Florida State University has to pay out a $10 million settlement. A lot of that money is going to be paid by the residents of Florida. Um, but Florida State, the athletic department, retains that right. Uh, and this has come into play recently. If you remember about a decade ago, a UCF football player died on the football field. Right. Um, right. And I believe the original settlement was for UCF. I believe it was a $10 million settlement. And then UCF appealed it all the way up to to the Supreme Court and ended up only having to pay, I think, the $200,000 cap. Uh, so despite the fact that Florida State Athletics is now going private, essentially, it is retaining this cap, this $200,000 cap on jury judgments and settlements uh, that is a tremendous benefit uh, to hold. I'm Michael Barr, and this has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We're here for you for the podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Bar, join us at the end of the week. You know who we got? Ready for this? Mm. Yeah. Michael Eisner. Oh! Former CEO of Disney, owns Portsmouth, uh, lower division team in English soccer. Oh, his company, his investment company, owns the Topps Trading Card. Does anybody collect baseball cards in or trading I cards? St- I don't I know. Do. There's a big scandal yeah. going on in, in uh, trading yes, cards I, right I want to ask him about it. Yeah. So, Michael Eisner. And you can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I want you to follow him on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. Not even promoting myself. No, 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 no. Mr. Sashnik. At Sashnik, no underscore, no anything. (laughs) And I'm at Novi underscore Williams. And you can follow our show where you get your podcast.